today consists of a four and four twos, adding up to April 22nd, 2022. That's far more understandable than day 112, which is another name this Friday could go by. My name is Sean Tubbs, and this is another installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, a newsletter and podcast that seeks to provide information about all manner of items in local and regional government in and around Charlottesville. On today's program, Charlottesville City Council learns of an even higher surplus than expected for the current fiscal year. Virginia is set to end its rent relief program in mid-May. A Colorado educator will become the next president of Piedmont Virginia Community College. A series of speakers tell City Council that they want Charlottesville Area Transit's Route 6 to continue to stop at the doorstep of Crescent Halls. And former UVA basketball star Sean Singletary enters the development community in Charlottesville. In today's first subscriber-supported shout-out, the Piedmont Master Gardeners are pleased to announce the return of their annual plant sale. That's happening on Saturday, May 7th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Albemarle Square Shopping Center. The sale will offer thousands of annuals, perennials, shrubs, vegetables, herbs, and houseplants, including a large selection of native plants. In addition, shoppers can purchase garden implements, yard ornaments, and other green elephants, have their tools sharpened by an expert, and drop off their surplus plastic nursery pots for recycling. The sale will also feature a help desk for gardening questions and information tables on native plants, soil and composting, invasive plants, conservation landscaping, and much more. For more information, visit piedmontmastergardeners.org. Before we begin today, a quick program note. This show is a product of the pandemic. For the past two years, I've been producing informational podcasts to help people know what's going on. I became a journalist almost 30 years ago because bringing people information is what I've always wanted to do. At no point do I want to tell you what to think. And for the past two years, I've more or less been able to do that all from home. And for a lot of that time, many of you were at home as well. Now that Albemarle and Charlottesville have gone back to in-person meetings, it's a bit jarring. I'm not used to it yet, and I still have one eye on COVID cases to see what's going on. Tomorrow's show will contain an update from the UVA health system. But I know I'm not alone. At Monday's first in-person meeting in 25 months, Charlottesville Mayor Lloyd Snook had a similar sense of disorientation when a resident of Crescent Halls came up to speak. <laughs> Could you go over to the microphone, please? I think Miss Sandridge was on our reserve, was our yes. ninth. Okay, are you, you're Miss Sandridge? Yes, I'm okay. Miss Sandridge. I know I'm what you look ready. like without a mask on a Zoom call. I don't know what you look like face I to know. face. <laughs> we'll hear more from Judy Sandridge later in the show. But I wanted to begin today by acknowledging the past two years and how they were very different from any other time in my career. I've gotten used to writing from home. Soon, I'll be back out there doing more, but it still seems like the end of an era. The writer Addison Del Mastro has a piece on his substack, Deleted Scenes. The piece is called Final Pandemic Thoughts, and I think it's worth a read. That's not really within the scope of Charlottesville community engagement, nor is this whole first segment. 
But I am curious to know what your thoughts are on where we've been these last two years and what you'd like to see going forward. As for me, I hope to continue bringing you this program, and I thank you, all of you, for supporting me. Even though Council has recently adopted a budget for the fiscal year that begins on July 1st, there is never a time when the city's finances are not in the public eye. Interim City Manager Michael C. Rogers briefed Council this week on the state of revenue collection for the current fiscal year that ends on June 30th. So far this year, we've currently collected 66.93% of our budgeted revenue. Um, and we remain on track to collect more than the adopted uh, revenue budget of uh, $192 million. The next tax bills are due on June 6 and will include the one-cent real estate tax increase adopted by council earlier this month. Tax rates go with the calendar year, not the fiscal year. That means a budget surplus is even more certain. While we discuss during the uh, uh, budget process, that we would end up with $12 million more. What I'm seeing now, based on that revision, is $13 million. Final decisions about how to use that funding will be made by council later this year, after the fiscal year 22 books are audited. The Chancellor of Virginia's community college system has named a Colorado educator as the next president of Piedmont Virginia Community College. Dr. Gene Runyon is currently the campus vice president at Front Range Community College in Larimer. PVCC College Board Chair Lola Richardson said in a statement that the board is excited to welcome Dr. Runyon to PVCC. Runyon will be PVCC's sixth president since it was founded in 1972. She will succeed Frank Friedman in the position he has held since November of 1998. The new president has a long history in higher education, with positions such as the director of the Innovative Teaching Center at the College of Southern Maryland and eight years in various positions at Anne Arundel Community College in Maryland. She'll take the reins at PVCC in July. In another sign that the pandemic era is over, the Virginia Department of Housing and Community Development is closing an online portal through which people can apply for rent relief. Virginians have until midnight on May 15th to make a new application. Virginia was one of the first states in the nation to put a mortgage and rent relief program in place soon after the federal Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act was passed. That went by the acronym CARES. The program went live in June of 2020 and has provided more than $713 million for over 104,000 households across the Commonwealth. To be eligible, households need to have an income of less than 50% of the area median or have to have had one member out of work for up to 90 days. Here's a notice from the agency's website. DHCD will continue to work with partners and stakeholders across the state to create comprehensive strategies to increase the supply of affordable housing, address and prevent evictions, and reduce barriers in housing throughout the Commonwealth. For more information and to apply, visit the DHCD's website. listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. It's time for our second subscriber-supported shout-out. 
Algorithms know how to put songs and artists together based on genre or beats per minute. But only people can make connections that engage your mind and warm your heart. The music on WTJU 91.1 FM is chosen by dozens and dozens of volunteer hosts, music lovers like you who live right here in the Charlottesville area. Listener donations keep WTJU alive and thriving. In this era of algorithm-driven everything, go against the grain. This week is the annual Rock Marathon. So tune in and support Freeform Community Radio on WTJU. Consider a donation at WTJU.net slash donate. A former University of Virginia basketball player who also played in the National Basketball Association is part of a development team that seeks to build 11 new homes in downtown Charlottesville. Here is Sean Singletary, who played for UVA in the mid-2000s. Just excited to be back in town and to, you know, go on about this progress with this project. Um, I've always been, ever since I graduated from school here, I always wanted to move back here and, you know, just give back to the community. Charlottesville has done, and UVA has done so much for me. Singletary's number was retired in 2009. A preliminary site plan has been filed with the city of Charlottesville to build several townhomes in the Little High subsection of the Martha Jefferson neighborhood at the intersection of East Market and 11th Street. In all, 11th Street Partners seeks to consolidate three lots into one before building 10 townhomes. Several existing structures would be removed, but a house at 1103 East Market Street would remain. The house at 1101 East Market Street would be replaced with a new structure. Here is engineer Eric Woolley. Uh, we determined that the, you know, the most beneficial to the community would be to demolish these uh, existing structures and replace them with uh, very attractive units that we think are going to add quite a bit of significant benefit to the community at large. One of these community benefits would be a sidewalk on this stretch of East Market, where there currently is not one on the northern side of the road. Utilities would be placed underground. Each townhouse would have three bedrooms and three off-street parking spaces. Uh, the way we've oriented the units, we think it's going to be beneficial to the neighborhood by actually providing more parking uh, within the development, which alleviates the pressure of overlap parking uh, you know, to, other, to other neighbors. While the application for the view at East Market is by right and would not require a decision by elected officials, a request to close off a public right-of-way does. Carrie Rainey is a city planner with Charlottesville. The alley closure piece does have discretionary view by council, but the other components would not. One of Singletary's three partners is Steve Payne. So yes, no, this is extremely exciting for our team uh, to be able to um, develop in Charlottesville, especially downtown in a great neighborhood. Payne said he and Singletary graduated together and have always been looking for an opportunity to develop in Charlottesville. Being on the corner there, we felt that this could be a vibrant site um, for, for the city. No one spoke at the community meeting on Wednesday. To view the discussion, there is a link to the video in the newsletter. 
Finally today, a series of speakers at Monday's city council meeting asked the elected officials to weigh in on a decision by Charlottesville Area Transit to relocate the bus stop at Crescent Halls, a public housing site that is currently undergoing renovations. The homes are currently served in both directions by Route 6, and the agency is making the change to help speed up the route. That had not been the plan, according to one resident. Here's Alice Washington. We were told that they would pick up on one side, and when they come back, they would let the people off in front of the door. We need that. Crescent Hall is a senior and disability building. As such, Washington said many residents use wheelchairs or walkers to get around and need to be able to board the bus close to the door. That will be much harder if they have to walk what she had said were the 89 steps to the new stop. But if they got to walk from way over here, over there, and some of these people is 80, almost 90 years old, it's impossible. We briefly heard from Judy Sandridge earlier. Let's hear her again. Could you see me with my cart here, my oxygen, anything, full of food, trying to walk 89 steps? She walked 89 steps normally. I can't do that. Other voices included Brandon Collins, the redevelopment coordinator at the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority. He said keeping the bus stop where it has been has been a high priority during the discussions that led to renovation. Another voice was Shelby Edwards, who succeeded Collins as the main voice of the Public Housing Association of Residents in her capacity as FAR's executive director. FAR has hosted both private and public conversations with CAT about this topic. We don't understand why this has been such a laborious task. We know that CAT would like to move to the 30-minute service to increase ridership. But this means little if the people who switch over already have alternate forms of transportation. Yes, we do want a world where everyone can use mass transit, but we first need one where everyone who has no other form of transit can continue to move around freely. Council also heard directly from CRHA's executive director, John Sales. We need that bus stop in front of the building. Sales added that a site plan amendment to the Crescent Hall's renovation would be required to make the change, which could delay the ability for residents to move back in. Sales also pointed out that the route change has not yet been finally approved by city council. So I just want to make sure that any other route changes that are going to be impacted by this 30-minute transition gets discussed because not only will Crescent Hall's residents be impacted, but people all over the city are going to be impacted without anyone knowing. In 2021, Charlottesville Area Transit worked with a consultant to realign the routes, but the changes have not yet been implemented. Under the new changes, Route 6 would no longer travel to the University of Virginia Health System, but would travel still between Willoughby Shopping Center and downtown on a shortened route. The route would also no longer travel on Ridge Street via Brookwood Drive. No action was taken at the meeting, but this morning, Deputy City Manager Sam Sanders and Charlottesville Area Transit Director Garland Williams offered the following statement. The city manager has asked staff to consider options regarding the bus stop service to residents of Crescent Halls, including the paratransit service administered for the city by Jaunt. 
There are multiple conversations in progress, and a number of options are being considered, but the iterative process of review, feedback, and costing is in full motion. We will be convening all parties to review and determine workable options to present to Council as soon as possible. The route changes have not yet been implemented because of a lack of drivers that would be required for the additional service on some of the routes. And that has been it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. Yes, I have a head cold. I took a COVID test. It's a head cold. That's why my voice sounds like this. What's it going to sound like tomorrow? I don't know, but there will be another edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement tomorrow. Hopefully one on Monday as well, as well as the week ahead will come out on Sunday. All of this work is part of Town Crier Productions. Town Crier Productions could use your help. We really do need to get some more subscribers and keep more people learning about this program. And I hope you will do your part to send it on to somebody else. And of course, if you have paid so far uh, a Substack subscription, or if you're subscribing through Patreon, I really appreciate that. This is the kind of work that uh, I love to do. And hopefully it's the kind of thing that you like to consume and you like to know what's happening in your community. That's what I do. And that's what I've always done. And that's why I'm here. And if you could please uh, see to it to either purchase a subscription through Substack, the company Ting will match that first initial payment. And that's one way to do it. There's all kinds of other things, sponsorship opportunities. I am slowly going to be revamping the shout out structure uh, in order to ensure that I can keep bringing you this information as often as I can. I am Sean Tubbs, uh, the host of this program. I'll be back soon. I just said that. I said it again. Stay informed. Stay tuned. Stay allergy medicated if that's the kind of thing that you need to survive in this horrible, horrible spring. I'm Sean Tubbs. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.